Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. At the dawn of a new working year, productivity expert Moira Dunn talks about how to hit the ground running, especially if you're in a hybrid working situation between home and the office. She talks about how to focus and get into the perfect flow and how to be realistic about managing your time. Welcome to the show, Moira Dunn. How are you? Thank you, John. For many years, we've been we've been enjoying your articles, uh, all all your various productivity tips, and I just thought it was timely to have you on because um, the pandemic now, in some to some people, it seems like a memory, but it isn't that long ago um, when it was March twenty twenty. Most of us. Uh, left our offices like as, as if it was the fall of Saigon and off we went home and most of us stayed working in, at home and still are working at home and uh, offices are back open but people are coming in on a hybrid basis in a lot of cases. Some companies have really summoned their workers back and um, we've seen situations in the States where Elon Musk has basically summoned everyone back and if they don't come back they assume they're not working for the company anymore. Uh, Apple has started a three-day week regime and um, a lot of companies have used the post-pandemic environment to enjoy the ability to reduce their office footprint because people are working from home. Um, but it's only a question then of how long will it be before people start wanting presenteeism again and optics and all that stuff comes into it. Um, another, on the other hand as well, you know, we're in a full employment market. Uh, most people who are happy working at home may not take very kindly to being summoned back to the office and may just leave and go to another job that is more conducive conducive to their needs. What, what do you think of the current environment? What's your take on it? Have I summed it up well or do you think it's... it's yeah, of... I think you have. Um, there are so many elements to it. And as a productivity consultant, it's an absolute, absolutely fascinating time because, you know, the world of work has fundamentally changed and it's never, ever going to go back to what it was. Uh, it may change going into the future, but it's never going to go back to where we were, where every company was in the office five days a week. So it is a fascinating time for me personally. Um, it's also been a really busy time because the focus and productivity has never been higher. Like people have really tuned in to their time, how much time they have, how they use it, what they get done. You know, both employers and employees have really tuned into that. And um, also now with hybrid working, because people are actually trying to manage two different environments, you know, two completely different environments. If you're at home for a few days, you've got the potential for that quiet time, that focus time, maybe good solo working time. And then in the office, you've got, you know, you're going to be surrounded by people, you're back to the noise, but the potential for collaboration and group work and creativity and innovation. So, you know, people have to and should really look strategically at their days and plan to do different work on different days, depending on their location and the environment and the noise levels. So um, a lot of the stuff that I probably would have been preaching for years prior to the pandemic and people were looking at me going, what is she talking about? (laughs) Everyone is kind of very tuned into it now. And um, I've been doing a lot of work initially with people on tips for working from home and how to deal with that new environment and how to manage distractions and and even just how to manage the work day when you're working from home so you kind of have a good start up and shut down so you can make that separation from your work life and your home life even because you're in the same building um, and we can go into any of that in detail if you want and then the days that you're in the office looking at it and strategically planning to 
get certain pieces of work done. Like there's no point in commuting in for an hour or two and then sitting working on your own, doing your solo projects, you know, when you have the potential to interact with others. So there's there's loads of things to consider. I, I would totally agree with that because like, um, you know, I, I, I mostly work from home now. And when I do go into the office, I find it quite... And luckily in Bank of Ireland we have a lot of places to choose to work from we've got hubs around, around the city and we've got offices in the city um, but I find that because I spend so much time working from home that when I go into the office to meet people and collaborate uh, if I try doing the tasks that I do well at home in the office I find I'm in a completely different frame of mind and it takes ages to settle down and get into that kind of productive flow and that's kind of what I want to talk to you today about is that flow because on the one hand, you know, there's ways of looking at this. I, I consider it the best of both worlds. Like you can have the hybrid world where you can work from home and then go into the nice office environment and talk to people and catch up with people. But you've got it on both best of terms. But if you can master either, neither, then you've got the worst of both worlds because, you know, it's not it's not great in terms of both being productive and and you know if you if you if you if, if, if it's jarring with you to come back into the office and it's it, you know it's it's not good for everybody else so you have to make sure it's it's the best of both worlds um but getting into that kind of concentration and being productive because at home um i know lots of people now start to work a day before they even start work to get up early and go for a walk or go for a cycle or swim um you know the work-life balance means that they can they can finish it early or on time and maybe if, if you have, have a young family they can get time to bring the kids to the crash or collect kids from the crash um or just do other things collect kids from school or just get out and walk again or do something physical and whatever but the main thing is you've more control over your day than when you did when you were spending two hours in the car getting in two hours coming home i mean i used to remember remember leaving for work in the dark and coming home in the dark and you know that that's not living right and that's i mean it may be working but it's not living <laughs> well there's loads of um kind of different scenarios out there and we'll, i'll come on to the flow shortly but like for some people you know working from home and the hybrid model offers great flexibility and it is it's it is an ideal approach but for some people working at home, you know, they find it hard because um, they find it hard to tune out in the evenings. They're checking emails. They're expected to check emails. They're spending longer hours. So actually that happened during the pandemic where that's why a lot of companies reported higher productivity because people were working longer hours because the hours that they normally commuted, they were actually spending at their desks. And instead of winning back that time for their personal life to go and exercise, they were actually spending it working. So people were working longer hours. I think that has shifted because once things opened up and people got out and started getting their life back together, people have more of a separation between their work life and their home life and they've picked back up their hobbies, etc. So there's a real mixture out there. Some people really have homeworking sorted and they're hugely product productive. Other people find it difficult. Um, if there are young kids at home, if there's noise, you know, it can actually be hard to to tune out and get that focus time. So one of the key things is um, that can help you no matter where you're located, really, or where you're spending your workday is to be really tuned into your own ability to focus. So, you know, there are times when we are super productive in the day and then other times that we're not. You know, there's kind of peaks and troughs throughout the day. Some people will be really fresh first thing in the morning and they're real morning people and 
they get that peak focus then. Whereas other people don't, there might be, you know, in their particular job, there might be loads of calls and emails that they have to follow up on the minute they start their day. So that's a bad time to try and do an hour on a, on a deep thinking project. So for them, it's better to clear all that stuff if they're answering to lots of customers or stakeholders and actually settle down at three or four in the afternoon and try and get an hour or two of high focus time. So everybody's going to have a different way of working, different kind of biorhythms, different stakeholders, you know, different circumstances. So it's good to tune into your own way of working and kind of, you know, really know when you can focus and when you can't. And, you know, notice that, you know, in the afternoons, I always get tired. And even though I might carve out time to work on something important, I find I can't focus by the time I get to four o'clock. And maybe that's because you didn't take a lunch break or have a proper lunch. So productivity and focus is hugely driven by energy levels. And we we kind of, um, we ignore that sometimes. And that's why often first thing in the morning, we can focus best because we're refreshed overnight. But then as the day goes on, our focus tends to drop because we've got all the distractions of the day but also our energy levels drop. So if we do skip lunch or work through lunch, it has a huge impact on our potential to be productive that afternoon. So it's really important to look at your day in not as one big block of time, but to say it's almost like an athlete, you know, an athlete trains hard, performs, then they rest, they refuel, then they might peak again in the afternoon. So it's like peaks and troughs and you have to refresh and refuel to have that peak focus again another time. And if you, you know, do an intense hour or two in a project or maybe you have a a busy meeting online and we know how intense those meetings are, and um, straight after that meeting, your focus and energy levels are going to be low. So that's probably a good time to have your lunch then or, you know, or or even just if you haven't got time, quick five minute break and um, just to reset your brain, have, you know, have some refreshments, whatever. Or maybe it's even just spend a half an hour doing kind of low level admin tasks that don't need that high focus before you try and tune into something a peak focus again. So um, we need to understand how our brains work. And because sometimes we try and get something done and we're just getting frustrated because we can't focus and we end up wasting maybe half an hour or an hour and you get nothing done. And that's really demotivating. It absolutely is. I totally agree with that because if you, if you, it actually adds to your stress levels. If you know there's something you need to do, but like in, in my case, I do a lot of writing and to write, you need to concentrate and sometimes that involves settling down and it means zoning out things so maybe sometimes in order not to get annoyed you know you need to maybe or or, or one trick i used to find was quite useful is putting time in your diary on your calendar so if people are looking at your calendar in a shared work environment for example if you've if you've exhausted uh, plotted out two hours to three hours to to focus on that one task like writing an article or you know finishing a paper or finishing a presentation and you block everything else out that might be the only way to do it i find myself sometimes um if you've getting if you're getting a lot of calls or you're coming off meetings trying to settle down to write and actually get into that zone is very hard but once you're in it and once you start it, like so let's say you've a little bit of writer's block, but once you, you settle down and start anyway, three or four paragraphs in, you're actually 
grand and you're in it's an, it's an enjoyable process then you're into you're into the zone yeah. and that's the ba- yeah. that's the hardest battle for a lot of people especially if you're doing something that's not familiar like last week now i had to do a put together a powerpoint presentation which is something that's completely at odds with what I'm, I'm mostly spent doing writing scribbling you know writing stuff out so it's a different uh frame of mind and i think in my head it created a kind of a I, I, I delayed me. I, I, I kept putting things off or I, I, I just didn't approach it with the same speed normally I'd approach it if I was just writing something down. But then I said, well, it's actually no different to what writing. So just write it's it writing. out. Yeah. And then to just, yeah. It's just putting it in a different place. Um, once yeah. I got, once I conquered that little uh, blocker in my mind, I was yeah. flowing fine. But it, it's those things. Like What stops you from that flow is, is usually yourself, right? Well, sometimes, yeah, I mean, it is getting started as well because we do procrastinate if it's something that we either don't want to do do because maybe it's tedious or something that we're not sure about. And it can help just to even break it out like you doing that presentation to separate out the content, the writing and maybe the formatting, which might have been the bit that you weren't that comfortable with and separate it into two tasks and say, well, I get the writing done in the next hour in this time block in my diary. And then tomorrow I'll come back and do the formatting or something like that, you know, so it can help to break tasks down as well. I, I think I think, actually think it's that, that that whole thing as well is, the, is just people think of, I think what scares people sometimes is that pure concentration that's required. Like, so easy menial admin tasks you know sometimes sometimes like you know they, they they're actually a refreshing change from that real deep concentration you normally need and that's why people tend to do them and that's why people also tend to procrastinate and spend longer on tasks that aren't necessary because they're really afraid of the bigger job that needs to be done yeah and, and you we can use it to avoid things so but we have to be sometimes it's just hard on ourselves and, <laughs> yeah. and say we have to get that done. So you mentioned blocking out time. I mean, time blocking is a technique that a lot of people use where I would advocate that people plan their week ahead. So even either on a Friday afternoon or Monday morning, look ahead and say, what are the one, two, three key things I want to get done this week? And then to block time in the diary when you're going to do it. And then you try and create a good focus for that time. Now, the thing again is to tune into, there's no point in blocking that time in on a busy Wednesday morning when all the clients want you to look at your diary and every day isn't equivalent when it comes to the ability to focus and to be productive. So, you know, sometimes maybe Fridays, a time that you may have a greater chance of sticking to that time block to get that work done because maybe the emails drop off a bit and, you know, a lot of people maybe don't work Fridays. So looking at your diary and say, where's the chance to be productive? And if you're in a very busy role where you can't really block off to two or three hours because some people can't if they're in a very responsive role with lots of you know calls and emails um you may need to look at a power hour early in the morning so before the phone gets busy before the email to block in an hour a couple of times a week to get that focus um and then you know just accept that the rest of those days are going to be pretty interactive and responsive so it's looking at your diary and saying when's the best time to try and have these these flow moments because if we try and have them at a time that isn't realistic then you won't have it and then it's really frustrating and then 
we try something new and we can't stick to it. And then that gets really demotivating, you know. So it's about being realistic about your time. And the other key thing for flow is to remove the distractions. So, you know, some of the stats, if we look at emails and notifications, like some people are getting hundreds of emails a day. So that's not just 100 pieces of work they need to do. It's also 100 notifications. But that's that's not to mention, that's not to mention the, the WhatsApp message the slack messages the I, I remember a comical situation a few years ago where i was in a situation where i was talking to a colleague and he said did you not get my message and i says what message and i was looking at the email i was looking at my phone and it was a message somewhere buried within trello um so we were using slack we were using outlook we were using trello we were using whatsapps and i was going this is crazy this is not simplifying work this is only kind of creating more paper trails and you know so i i think all these well-meaning technologies and they're, and they're great technologies they're 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 beautiful in terms of their elegance and they work really well and all that but unless you have a policy of some kind that makes sure everything's going to be seen or used in the same way as everybody else it's going to flounder right yeah i mean the i don't think they'll flounder because they're they're here and they're around and and they're super productive you know but what i always say to people is make sure you control them rather than they control you like every app every piece of technology when you set it up when you install it the notifications are by default switched on so if you want to take control of any of those apps on your PC or even on your phone, you know, all the things that we put on our phone, by default, everything is switched on. So you have to kind of take control of that and, you know, switch off the things that aren't important enough to interrupt you or go on mute when you're trying to have, you know, that focus hour, that time block, just go in airplane mode or, you know, hide the phone or whatever. There's actually research that shows that even if you're on mute, the phone is still a distraction because you can see it. Yes. So you can, you know, sometimes if you stop and you are procrastinating or you're just trying to think, what will I say next? We can subconsciously pick up the phone and before you know it, you're checking Twitter or WhatsApp. Yeah. And all, and all it takes is one email or message to throw you, right? So it could be someone and asking something. And you're pulled something. off in another direction yeah. and you're brought into something else and that's urgent. You have to do it and you've completely lost that focus. And there's other research to show you that it takes you 23 minutes to get back the focus. If you're working on something and you respond to a, an alert or an interruption, it can take you up to 23 minutes to get back to the same level of focus that you were at before the interruption. Mm. So if we are trying to have focus times, we have to minimize those um, those notifications. And for some people, that's hard because they need to be responding to emails, you know, and like more junior people who maybe have that pressure from their bosses, you know, to be mm. responsive all the time. It's very hard to switch things off for an hour. But even I say to people, if even if you, you know, check your email, make sure everything urgent is cleared down, then try and do your focus time. Mm. Even if you have to break away after 20 minutes, do another check, you know, but try and control it um, just for a couple of hours a week to try and get that focus time to get some of those more important pieces of work done. And it also requires a certain amount of empathy from employers and managers too, because if totally. you're requiring if you're requiring people to do stuff like, say, in the case of a a journalist writing loads of articles or um, an accountant kind of trying to do a lot of book work, you know, yeah, you, you, you can't be ringing them every five minutes, ask them where's this, yeah. where's that. You have to let them do their things so they can actually yeah. be productive, right? That's it. Yeah, and it's really good for teams to get together with their team leaders and say, okay. 
how are we all working? And actually, we did a lot of it during the lockdown with teams who were now working from home and trying to maybe streamline the meetings and the interaction so that everybody got some time to get on with their own work every day. So, you know, some companies would maybe have the morning or even up to 11 o'clock that everybody kind of did solo work. So no meetings were organized. Mm. And then from then on, you could have the meetings or some teams I work with maybe take one day that's a meeting free day Mm. and... And the team leader who did that actually said they actually picked Wednesday, which was interesting because it's usually Mm. a very busy day for meetings. And she said that no matter how crazy the other four days are in the back of my mind, I know I have Wednesday. So that's my catch up day. And it took the stress away from the other days. So it's a really good way to work, even if you just do it for a Friday morning. A lot of companies try and, you know, reduce the number of email interaction and meetings on a Friday to give people time to catch up and get some of that kind of project work done or high focus work that they need to work on on their own. So it's good to make sure that not every day is is interrupted and broken up by meetings and interactions. So to try and streamline it and for every team and every business that can be different, you know. Now, your audience, probably a lot of small business owners. So it's harder maybe to and pick up some of those techniques because the problem with small businesses and people who are in business on their own individually, we feel we need to be responsive all the time to our clients, you know, but we can still manage it and streamline it because they're going to understand as well, you know, so and the, the work actually has to get done. So we can't be constantly responding to calls and emails. So, you know, I think you can take control and, and just, present the timelines, the time people are available, the response times, have your service level agreements. And then that allows people within the business um, manage their response time, you know, because if it's okay to respond to a customer within two hours rather than instantly, then that's important because people can read their emails, flag them for follow-up. They don't have to do them straight away. They can go back to something high focused and then say, "Okay, before lunch, I'm going to clear down all those emails and reply to everybody. You know, so that idea of kind of batching it together and not having your whole day dominated by email or notifications. And it helps you kind of space out your day and get different things done at different times. But you're right. The managers, the bosses, they have to enable that and they have to just openly discuss what the expectation is. And then when people are allowed to, you know, get into this focus zone as well. And the other thing as well is thinking there, you know, have you had in the course of your consultancy work with, with, with individuals and businesses, um, have you had many companies come to you after the pandemic or during the pandemic saying help uh, our entire way of doing things has been completely upended uh, or everybody wants to work at home and I really want everyone back in the office or, you know, simply that, you know, I don't see everyone anymore. I, I used to be able to just stand up and bark at an order or something. Now they're now they're now they're all at home and I have to pick up the phone and ring them or, or schedule time in their diary. And it's, I'm the boss, right? <laughs> so have you had many of that, many of those kind of situations? Not many, but kind of some. It really depends, I suppose, on the industry. It depends on how traditional the management style is, you know, and most companies by and large have adjusted and adapted in a way that we never could have predicted, you know. Um, and embrace the technology and, you know, are having those catch up meetings more regularly. And I think the leadership style has had to change that that leaders, you know, know they have to connect more. There has to be more trust, more um, enabling people to take responsibility for their, their jobs. So a lot of the work that I've been doing is helping 
team leaders to plan out the work with their teams, but to get people to be more, become more accountable and that they're focused on the outcome they achieve rather than the time they spend. So getting key things done each week. And um, that really helps um, the transition back to the workplace. I think the hybrid model is kind of satisfying both requirements where maybe people want to stay at home. But then there might be some managers who want to see people back in the office. Um, I think most of the more traditional managers have had to kind of question that and adjust to the new way of working and, and really you mentioned presenteeism at the start. You know, it shouldn't be down to presenteeism that leaders get the reassurance that people are working. You know, we should be seeing it through outputs, through updates, through people hitting their metrics, you know, and that's when people are motivated and performing. So that's that's good management. That's good performance management. So really, I think leaders have had to. Um, I suppose, practice all the really good management techniques that have been around for many years, but maybe got got ignored by some because they were able to manage by seeing everybody visibly, you know, but you don't want people to be working because they're being watched. You want people to be working because they're clear about what they need to do and, and they're motivated to do it, you know. And we could do a whole other podcast actually on the whole thing of the four day week. We, we probably should at some point. But t- what are your thoughts quickly on the on the four day week? Uh, the, I, I know a few companies have implemented it and they swear by it. Others feedback from some employees that it compresses things but they do love to have that that day to themselves what, what do you think of the four-day working week i think um you know we have to be careful with it because a four-day working week means 80 percent of the work that was done is now getting done does it or are companies saying we're going to compress the the 100 of the work into four days so you know, then those four days can be very hectic and stressful for people. So, you know, it depends really on what the model is. Are, are things being reduced? Are some things being outsourced? You know, is the company accepting that we're going to get 20% less done because we have people working 20% less of the time? Or are the companies expecting people to work longer on those those four days? And if, if that's the contract and that's the agreement, that's fine because people may prefer that to compress it into those four days. But I think unless there's clarity, it can lead to stress um, because people maybe end up still working on that fifth day, checking emails. Which is which is which is which sounds to me like a failure. Like that's that's the whole defeats the purpose of it, right? Exactly. So you know, I think it has to be managed well. I think there needs to be really open communication. The expectations need to be very clear. Um, it's it's a lovely idea, lovely model. Four days on, three days off. You know, it's it's a love lovely potentially for work life balance. Absolutely, as long as people can switch off on the three days off. Yeah, that's that's the battle well it was Moira Dunn thank you so much for your time and we'll we'll, we'll talk about the four day week again in more depth I think loads of things work life balance loads of things we can chat about so thank, um, thank you so much <laughs>